What's going on guys, Adam here from the Health Mastery Show and this is episode number 25 with Brad Loomis. Brad is a coach at 3D Muscle Journey who are a group of natural bodybuilding coaches. I've been a client of 3D Muscle Journey on and off since 2014. Brad was one of the founding fathers when they came together, I believe it was 2009, so 11 years now at this stage. Brad has coached hundreds of clients and is a pro natural bodybuilder himself and in this episode we get into the advice that we would give for a first-time competitor. So we don't talk about the science or the, the training or nutrition, which we usually talk about, or my guest and I usually talk about, but more so about the mindset of getting into your first show. So when I first competed, it wasn't all that I expected. It turned out a lot differently. I had set myself up to be in a quite a bad space and mentally after I competed, and I just wasn't prepared for it. I didn't know uh, what... I was getting myself into um, because my coach at the time was was very, very young. It wasn't treating muscle journey and you know, there wasn't as much information readily available back in 2013. There was no podcast really. There wasn't really much YouTube and, um, and I, this is an episode that I really would have wished that I had as a younger bodybuilder. So hopefully this helps some people and if you do know anybody who can benefit from this, you're thinking about competing for the first time or people who have competed and didn't really have a good experience, please pass this episode on to them. And as always, please leave a rating or review if you liked it. And without further ado, let's get into this episode with Brad Loomis. So Brad, thanks for coming on. Adam, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Enjoying the uh, the, the weather here in California and the United States, and I'm looking forward to a good conversation with you. Yeah, no, it was, it was great to catch up. I think the... The last time we spoke was actually, other than over email, was at the Muscle Mayhem right in California. That is correct. Yeah, face to face. We got to uh, see each other, converse, and I got to watch you compete for the pro card. And is that show going to go? Is that show going ahead this year? Because um, because now at a time of recording, it is April or May. It's almost June, which would mean the show would be next month. I don't know if it's still going to go ahead. Is it? It's been postponed. Um, oh, okay. As of right now, I'm pretty sure that it's supposed to happen in October. Um, All right. So, yeah, it's supposed to go ahead. Um, it's kind of one of those traditions, you know. It's been something that we can count mm -hmm. on for over 20 years now. And uh, I would imagine that the, 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 the WNBF, the INBF, would probably put a high priority on that particular show. Because Bob and Tina did... The, the owners or the whatever you want to call them, presidents of the of WNBF, they, they pretty much run that show, right? They do. Yeah, they do. And and it's just it's just tradition, Adam. You know, it's mm. kind of like one of those things where it would be similar to, you know, if you canceled the Super Bowl, you know, in football yeah. or, <laughs> you know, you canceled the NBA finals. That's kind of our, our West Coast Super Bowl uh, for, for natural bodybuilding. So, um, I, I was I would think that they're going to go through as many hoops as they possibly have to in order to make that happen this year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the NBA finals will get canceled this year, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that would be interesting because then I guess WNBF Worlds would be like the following month, which would be pretty interesting. Yeah, um, if, for if, sure. If all goes to plan, yeah, if all goes to plan. But um, but Brad, so I've known you for a while, or at least I've been following you for a very long while. Um, I think the first time we I ever met you, or at least I saw you in person, I don't know if we if we spoke, was actually in London in 2016, and mm -hmm. uh, you presented for Shredded by Science. And I can't remember anything that happened in that actual seminar. Um, it was well, how many years ago? Four years ago now. Mm -hmm. Um. But I do remember that when you got up, you started presenting all of these spreadsheets. And, and I was like, that's all I remember actually from that day. It was like, God. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my, my memory of that particular event is actually pretty good, Adam. And I do remember meeting you there too. <laughs> so for those who don't know who you are, um, could you give us a little bit of introduction into to what you do, how you got into bodybuilding, um, and then a little bit about yourself? Absolutely, Adam. So um, the um, organization slash company that I work for is Team 3D Muscle Journey. And uh, most people um, in natural bodybuilding, you know, weightlifting, etc., they know about Team 3DMJ. Um, 
I'm one of the, Andrea calls, uh, Andrea, our, our director of operations, she calls us the head coaches. So there's, there's three of us that do the majority of the coaching, Alberto Nunez, Jeff Alberts, and then myself. Um, and we're a team. We've got uh, a director of uh, science. Uh, he calls himself chief science officer. His name's Eric Helms. Uh, pretty well known by most. Andrea Valdez. She's our um, director of operations. You know, kind of our, our our producer of content. I guess you might say. Um, and we've got uh, uh, what we call a injury prevention management specialist. His name is Nick Licamelli. Uh, he recently joined our team, um, I want to say late last year. We've got uh, Steve Taylor. He's our registered dietitian. And then we've got kind of a mental health, not really a mental health counselor, I, I guess you might call her, but just kind of uh, somebody to, to lean on, you know, as far as mental health goes. Her name is Amanda Rizzo. So we're a team that coaches uh, bodybuilders, physique athletes, um, and power lifters, you know, and, and all things, you know, just kind of strength sports related, I guess you might say, in that particular realm. Yeah, um, I've, I've actually had before you on, I think, I, I can't remember the, which number of episode this is, maybe 25, but I've had mm-hmm. Eric, I've had Eric, um, Steve, Nick, Jeff, um, yeah, I've had all, all those on. I don't think I've missed oh, okay, anybody. good. But, yeah, I haven't had Alberto or Amanda or Andrea, but the rest of the team, have been on already. Okay. But, uh, good, sorry, good. Go, go ahead, Brad. Yeah, no, not a problem. So I, I, I guess uh, since your listeners are probably familiar with them, I don't have to uh, beat a dead horse, so to speak, and, and, hmm. and continue talking about them. But um, as far as me, as, as myself, my background uh, is primarily in healthcare. Um, I got a um, bachelor's degree in medical imaging, and I worked in medical imaging, which is basically radiography, x-ray, ultrasound, CAT scan, all of the, all of the imaging specialties, I guess you might say, um, and, and, and graduated uh, in 1997. And I worked in healthcare primarily as an ultrasonographer for, shoot, about five years before I really started getting into bodybuilding. Um, and, and what really got me into bodybuilding was kind of more so at the time what I felt was a necessity. I was diagnosed with a, a what is usually a, a pretty severe um, back disorder. It's called spondylolisthesis. And then on top of that, I was later diagnosed with um, scoliosis and um, had a, a very mild case of what's called spina bifida that usually most people know about from newborns when their, their spine you know, it doesn't close up. So in my mind at the time, I was like, wow, I, I need to do whatever I can to, to fight off the effects of these different spine disorders. And so that's what kind of got me into um, lifting weights seriously in bodybuilding, just because I knew that, A, I had to make sure I stayed strong and supported my somewhat fragile spine. And then also I needed to lose weight. You know, I needed to, at the time I was, you know, fairly heavy and I just knew that that was not going to bode well, you know, with, with my spine disorder. And that's what kind of got me, got me into bodybuilding and it just kind of evolved from there. Um, and my desire to compete was strictly that it was a desire and I mean, for first-timers that are out there, I, my, my biggest piece of advice to those folks would be know what it is that you're getting into because the physiques all look great. You know, everybody wants to have that, you know, shredded six-pack abs, you know, um, call it tone, call it separation, whatever you want to call it. Everybody wants that. But when I got into bodybuilding, I really studied more so the life than the competitions, if that makes sense. Mm. So, so what age were you first, Brad, when you got into bodybuilding? You're in your mid-20s or so. Uh, actually, no. Um, I mean, I, was, I started lifting when I was in my late 20s. But I really didn't get into to bodybuilding as far as the competition goes until like early 30s. 
Mm. Um, That's that's like not usual, right? So most people would would think that at that point they're almost past it. At least people who aren't in the bodybuilding sport would think that at that point you're almost at your peak at least, or or almost Mm -hmm. past it. For you, it was just your your beginning. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I I want to say that that really I didn't start getting serious about bodybuilding and just lifting weights until my late twenties, and I think my first competition was actually. It might have been minus 29. It's, I'd have to count the years, Adam, and that's boring. So, but it was, mm. it was late, late, late 20s, early 30s, you know? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I had studied bodybuilders um, and just kind of followed them, like the likes of Skip LaCour, who uh, was actually kind of my mentor slash coach for my first competition. Um, Jeff Willett, um, you know, different natural bodybuilders that were pretty big. Uh, at the time. Um, and really, Adam, I was all about, I was more about living that life than I was about the actual competition. And by living that life, I mean, I was reading about Skip, you know, kind of packing his food with him and going to, you know, family gatherings and excusing himself for a few minutes while he went out to his car and ate his food, you know, and, and, getting up at five in the morning, you know, to get his training done. And that appealed to me more than really the competition, I guess you might say. Yeah. And, and, and hearing the guys talk about the low energy and, and, and hunger and starvation and, and, and the, the small rewards that come along with that, like seeing new, new cross-stration in your, in your vastus lateralis, you know, and, and seeing the pounds go off and the practicing the posing, you know, that was my desire to, to get into the sport of bodybuilding was more so a desire to live that life than it was the actual competition itself. And it just intrigued me. It fascinated me. And I've always been about the, 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 the behind the scenes work, um, of high level athletes. And I just, you know, I wanted to live that life. <laughs> it sounds like what you just explained there, that you're like a, a masochist. <laughs> you just I, explained. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe, but you know, at the same time, I don't know. It just, it's something has always intrigued me about, um, just the hard work. You know, like my favorite movies are always the movies like Rocky, where the, you know, at least a good portion of the movie is him going through his training, getting ready for his fight, you know, um, football movies where you see these guys going through, you know, sometimes unhealthy, um, phases of their life to perform at, at a high level in their sport. I don't know why that has always just fascinated and intrigued me but that was what really got me into the sport of bodybuilding yeah i i guess it's it's challenging yourself mentally and and pushing yourself beyond the norm and then understanding that at the end of that it leads to something greater rather than just saying i'm going to punish myself for the sake of it right so Mm -hmm. like in in all those things that you've explained there the rocky movies or or the, the bodybuilders like they're they're doing it with it for a greater purpose they're not doing it to just punish themselves in this kind of strange bizarre way but but really kind of testing themselves in some form of stoic mentality or capacity that that leads to a greater good beyond what you know instant gratification essentially that's the kind of the way that that i kind of see it and i think that you do learn a lot of those principles when you actually go through a a natural bodybuilding prep and i think for me you know, when I started first bodybuilding, when I first got into it, I was, it was maybe 11 years ago when, or maybe maybe 12 years ago. I'm 28, so I was 16 or so when I started liking bodybuilding. Men's physique didn't exist, right? So nor did really social media. I think Facebook maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think. But it, it was more so the, I, I feel that I got into it because of what it meant to actually do bodybuilding. So for me actually i remember and i was looking at the cover of the magazine the other day it was a i think it was 2003 or 2006 it was a, a slam magazine I, I used to love basketball a slam magazine cover with shaq and kobe or mm-hmm. not shaq and kobe shaq and Dwayne wade on the front and uh oh. they just have these like you know they're they just good genetics like you know um they're, they're genetically blessed in, in every single way but they they probably barely lift weights but they were kind of 
muscular well more, more muscular than i was at least at 16 mm-hmm. or whatever 15 and i was like wow i really want to look like that and then that kind of evolved into i remember buying a, a flex magazine or muscular development it was dexter jackson and i was like mm-hmm. and i it looked like he was wearing a roman armor like his delts were just <laughs> just massive you know like yeah. bigger than my head or bigger than i could ever you know fathom that my my delts would ever be but it just had this kind of uh, it, it almost stood for something else like greater than greater than the actual physical look so for me it was like wow that you know, the, what what he represents in terms of just I, I felt that some sort of masculine energy or just this level of you know you could you could physically see the work you know with other things like ceos or people who've done very well in other sports like team sports you, you can't really see their hard work unless you actually mm-hmm. see them play out but with bodybuilders and i think that's why i had a lot of respect for them you could physically see somebody wearing the the hard work that they put in over the years and and i remember when i was 18 the first time i ever met um I went to my first bodybuilding show and the guest poster was Ronnie Coleman. He was just finishing his uh, his his career. I think he's retired maybe one or two years and he, he was massive. I'd never seen somebody so big and mm-hmm. just the, the it was like yeah, being starstruck and I'm not really someone who gets starstruck, but but like that. And, and that's kind of how I got into it. I, I guess it kind of leads us into the topic today in a roundabout way of, of, of the advice that you would give for people who are considering bodybuilding for the first time and, and perhaps how that's changed over over the years in terms of now these new physiques or new um new categories have been have emerged like men's physique or or even fitness competitions like other other organizations like the wbff is one that i can think of but mm-hmm. other ones where it's like kind of model-esque uh, and the rise of say social media as well can often perhaps lead people to think that they want to compete more so for what that will bring them rather than necessarily what you actually gain or or learn about yourself as you go through this process so if someone was saying to you today brad look i want to compete in bodybuilding and for you you're probably a little bit older and had a you know a wiser head on your shoulders when you start getting into (laughs) bodybuilding at 30 years old most people probably get into it in their mid-20s perhaps even younger and what what kind of advice would you give or what things would people have to consider first um, that perhaps on paper you know wouldn't they wouldn't really think about you know they just think okay i've got to lose some fat and then i got to put some tan on you know, what, how, what, what would you start with that yeah you know i think the first thing i would do adam to be honest with you is have them you know re-listen to the intro that we just did you know have 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 a, a desire to go through what it is that you're going to have to go through you know because I don't know. There's just, I've seen so many people fail to follow through with their plans when they have even like a strong attachment for what it is that they want, you know? Um, so that's the first thing is, is, is know why you want to do it and, and know what you're getting into and want to do that. Like, like, like I said, when I, when I first got into bodybuilding, I wanted to live that lifestyle. I could really care less, you know, at the time about the end product. I mean, I shouldn't say care less, but that was not my attachment. I ended up getting it, right? But I only got that because of the 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 love for the process, you know. And of course, that led to like I almost want to say robotic execution of the plan, you know, because um, at some point you you have to have that. You have to have that robotic execution, right? Um, and so that's the first thing I would say is, is know what you're getting into and, and fall in love with that process. And then after that, you know, kind of do your, your homework of who to listen to, you know, and, and who not to. Um, and, and more importantly than even that is to make sure that you really trust who it is that you're listening to. So like, especially for first time competitors, I highly recommend having a coach. Um, and, and do, like I just said, do your due diligence, do your research, know who it is that, that you're, you're, you're reaching out to. Um, and, and, you know, I almost want to say that, that the attachment to that, person should almost be stronger than their credentials. You know what I mean? Because most people, 
um, they're they're gonna follow their their mentor, their coach, um, better if if they have that kind of connection to them. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I think first timers, I highly recommend a coach because it's just it's such a um, the peace of mind that comes along with it and, and not second guessing yourself and not redoing your plan over and over and over again, um, I think is, is very, it's, it's worth the, the money, you know, as far as, as what you're going to have to fork out. Um, and then yeah, after, I think, go ahead. I think on the, on the coaching bit, I remember when I first thought about competing, I think it was, I'd always wanted to compete, say, when I was in my teens, uh, but not as a teenager, but never felt I had the size. So, you know, like I said, men's physique wasn't around. Actually, in Ireland, all they had was uh, untested bodybuilding. So these guys were, you know, in the 30s and, you know, 100 kilograms, you know, 220 pounds on stage ripped. So, I mean, as a teenager, um, naturally, you're not, oh, I, I didn't even feel like I had a place there. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think I wanted to wait until I was, I think they had released some sort of man's physique or fitness that started to come out when I was in my early 20s. And I, I don't think I even knew of 3DMJ in around 2012. I know you guys were, were up and running, but maybe you just weren't as out there on, on the internet all the way over to Ireland just yet. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I was following Lane Norton and you know, I was working in a supermarket or whatever at the time in college, part time. I couldn't afford Lane Norton. Um, so I think I, I think I actually hired one of Lane Norton's clients. So he was a, he was also pro bodybuilder. His name, I don't think he competes anymore. Actually, he doesn't. His name is Connor Lavelli. Um, mm-hmm. He was a, I think he was only a couple of years older than I. So he would would have been like in his early twenties. And like like that, I had a, a great bond. We did kind of like an off season together. Nothing nothing amazing. But what what didn't what I wasn't prepared for, and I guess perhaps he had some authority bias that i kind of i just thought that because he was a pro bodybuilder and had done very well at a young age that that's what who i wanted to be coached with but what i wasn't prepared for was the the actual mental side of the bodybuilding preps mm-hmm. and actually and more so what actually comes after that so yes it was really difficult for me that first prep i think i lost maybe 40 pounds of body fat and uh, and it was wow. probably more than a more than I probably should have lost. I mean, so I probably should have got a bit leaner first. But what I wasn't prepared for was, you know, I thought at that at the end of this prep that I would be so much happier. I thought that, you know, I can't wait until I compete because then I'm going to get all this, you know, uh, love from people or I'm going to get all this social proof and admiration from people and I'm going to feel so great about myself. But I didn't realize the psychological and physiological effects that getting so lean has on your body. And, and your mental state and i actually went to the doctor and um, so my show was like november and i think by january i went to the doctor because i was like suffering from depression or mm-hmm. at least some bouts of depression and i'd never mm-hmm. suffered from anything like that in my life i had no idea what was wrong with me and um i mean i was 21 and the doctor the doctor had like taken some testosterone uh you know she took some blood samples to check my testosterone and I think they wanted to do a follow up and put me on some like, uh, you know, TRT essentially. But they mm-hmm. didn't obviously understand bodybuilding and what happens. I mean, a couple of months later, it was perfectly fine. But I wasn't prepared for that at all, and I was like, felt so blue, or if that's the term that I want to use. Mm-hmm. I I'd never experienced the Christmas that I have a distinct memory, and this is like over seven years ago. A distinct memory of that's the first Christmas I actually didn't feel like jolly as you should at Christmas time. Right. So mm-hmm. I just wasn't prepared for the effect this bodybuilding prep will actually have on me. And even though this last season, 2019, I competed pretty much the same time. November was my last show. Christmas was fine, you know, because I, not because I was dieted differently or didn't get any leaner. I actually got way leaner this year. Um, same body weight as I was seven years ago, but I was just more prepared for that. And I think that's one thing that, a lot of people aren't ready for is that you know if you actually truly want to get to contest shape it's going to be difficult not just to get there but also afterwards mm-hmm. yeah that is an excellent point adam and you know that's something that we at 3d muscle journey have, have put a lot of emphasis on over the last probably four years is the recovery portion you know of a bodybuilding prep and hence why we tend to term it more so recovery diet 
um, you know, than reverse diet. Because you're absolutely right. And that's something that I try to make sure that I kind of um, give a little bit of uh, insight to, you know, as we're going through the prep, you know. Because as you felt, I mean, that's a pretty lonely state. And having a coach will will and should kind of help you through that or at least give you some sort of, you know, like sometimes clients, they, they can't necessarily continue coaching after their competition. And I try to make it a, a, a priority to give them some sort of a game plan, you know, some structure after their competition um, so that, you know, I don't know, you kind of learned it the second time around that, you know, it, 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 it was starkly different than your first time around. But I think the best that we can hope for is to at least minimize that almost hopeless feeling that you had, you know, and, and, and more so prepare the person that is going through that prep for that type of, a, of an outcome afterward. Um, but that's an excellent point. Um, that's an excellent yeah. point and, and something that I, th- I, I really truly feel like all, all coaches should help, you know, um, their clients through. Yeah. And I think for me, um, like when I first competed, so I've done three seasons so far and it's got better each time and three year gap in between each. But I think the first time I competed, I was 21 or 20 and I was in college and, you know, you want to impress women. So you think that what they want to see is abs and to an extent they do, but you know, not to the point where you basically are this person who doesn't want to talk to anybody and just (laughs) sit by yourself Mm -hmm. and just eat Mm -hmm. your lunch. Um, and I, I expect my, you know, I did love bodybuilding, but also because I was young and immature and just, you know, social pressure, I did feel like, Oh, when I get better, I'm going to look better. I'm going to be more aesthetically pleasing to, to, to the other sex. And, and that's going to get me more notice from from other from females and and even from other males right so who, who you know young guys they want notice from anybody and um and, and when i realized that you know getting into that shape uh, it didn't re- no, yeah you get some likes on facebook if you put up a picture or something like that or whatever i did some people will like you know say oh you look great um but then you know you know i wasn't prepared for what happens after and gaining you know body fat back really rapidly or at least you know a lot more rapidly than it came off mm-hmm. and then being in that state where you expected you know to be happy and you expected to get all these things once you got to the end goal once you stepped on stage then you would get all this joy and happiness and everything and and then you start to see all this body fat come back on and you're feeling really low about yourself and like you said it's very very lonely it's almost like a really really bad state to be in if mm-hmm. you do it for the wrong reasons and you're not prepared for what would actually come afterwards so i think with the with the rise in in say instagram or social media where body images are really put on this pedestal and people who choose to follow instagram influencers or people with great physiques they they often think that that's the normal and and that's what gets you higher up the social hierarchy and that's what i have to kind of achieve so they'll think that i i should compete because I'm going to get more YouTube subscribers or I'm going to get more money or I'm going to get mm-hmm. more fame or people are going to like me more, but yet they're not prepared for what actually, no, number one, what actually, is, what actually is the reality of competing that none of this stuff really, really happens, but mm-hmm. also then the, 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 the mental toughness or, or loneliness that can be, that can happen and, and most likely will happen if you're not prepared for it afterwards. So I think that's why, especially when I started working with Jeff, I think I started in 2014, he really emphasized the process and then making sure the whole time that, you know, I'm really enjoying the process and that, you know, make sure that you kind of enjoy the process and not just try and beat yourself into the ground to get to this end date uh, because ultimately you're not going to, you're not going to you know, feel that much different, you, but by placing a certain way at a show, but you make sure that you enjoy the whole process. And I think, that's why it's important or for me this is just my opinion but people who are coaches have actually competed themselves in the past you you can be a, a you know a phd in you know physiology and get you know know how to get somebody absolutely shredded but if you haven't if you don't know what they're experiencing mentally then it's very hard for you to to have empathy or to, for you know to be compassionate for what they're actually suffering through essentially mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's I think I think you just basically summed up my 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 first piece of advice to somebody that wants to get on the bodybuilding stage is enjoy the process. <laughs> mm. And then I guess another uh, you're a pro bodybuilder Brad, right? So I don't you haven't competed in a couple of years, but I I you have some great photos and I don't remember I don't know if I've ever seen a show where you competed at like I mean watched it live. I I did I did see photos from I think some of the bodybuilding.com blogs and I remember Eric and and uh Eric and Alberto used to talk about you um on the logs I used to follow them religiously and Paul Revelia as well but but what what's your kind of thoughts or, or what advice do you give somebody who wants to place well so you know bodybuilding is is different than other sports where you can't just impose your will on somebody you can't mm -hmm. be like michael jordan in the last dance and just go shoot 800 shots before everybody else you can't mm -hmm. lift more weights it's not going to help you like um the, so much of this is based on just time a lot of it's based on just genetics hard work and, and consistency obviously extremely important as well but if somebody wants to go out and say i want to win or i want to get a pro card or you know what's your kind of advice for people with that kind of mindset yeah and that's i mean that's I want to say that that was something that I didn't learn early on just because I was pretty gifted in the, the, the conditioning department, right? Um, most of my competitions, I, you know, I did well or I won in, right? And so in my mind at the time, it was, I didn't even know about that particular aspect of it. I mean, I knew about it, but it, it, it just, it, it hadn't hit me. You know what I mean? Um, that you, you're not in control of your placing. Cause in my mind at the time it was like, well, just diet hard, get as lean as you, you know, possibly can. And you know, you're probably going to win. And back then it, 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 was, it had a certain amount of truth too, because just nobody could get as lean as me, you know? And so, um, contrast that with today, you know, it's not really about just getting as lean as you possibly can because pretty much everybody is showing up that lean, right? So I kind of had to learn this more so, Adam, as I was coaching people, you know, than, than having gone through it myself. Um, and I, I learned it eventually, you know, kind of firsthand once I got into the pros, right? And and now you're you're no longer you know, that, that big fish in a little pond, you're, you're in that much larger pool of genetic freaks. Um, but yeah, through, through coaching people, I kind of figured out, you know, wait a minute here. Um, this is not, it's not a realistic expectation to just go to a show and expect to win, right? Because like you said, you're not in control of your placing. You're placing is in the hands of you know anywhere between three and, and nine people um that are going to hold an opinion of how you look in comparison to you know your competitors so it, it ultimately is more of a beauty pageant than it is a sport you know what i mean and so as i was coaching people i i, I came to this realization that some of these these competitors are literally shattered when they don't end up th their placing does not reflect the hard work that they put in right they ended up second or they ended up fourth or whatever these people are, are working tremendously hard and you know they their, their placing is not what they expected nor is it it you know uh, uh, um, what they feel is a representation of the hard work that they put in um, and so, yeah, I, I, I quickly started realizing, you know what, we have to get shift this mindset of I'm going to win. I'm going to, you know, I want to I want to show up there and dominate, you know, and I want to get my pro card and was quickly shifted more so to be the best version of yourself that you possibly can be and then get up on stage and enjoy yourself you know, enjoy the, the, the posing, enjoy the music, enjoy all the competitors that are around you, you know. Um, but like you said, Adam, you, you can have a PhD in bodybuilding and know how to get people shredded. But until you experience that, it's you, you can't you can have empathy, but you don't necessarily have sympathy for the people that are 
that you're coaching. And that was the same thing with me. I, I realized that you can't, you know, you're, you're not in control of your placing. You can't focus on winning, you know, in, a, in this subjective sport until I had actually felt it. And so when I showed up to my, my first pro bodybuilding show, you know, it was, Adam, it was very, very eye-opening because um, I was used to always placing or I was always used to winning my class. And now here I am in this pro division. My first show, I placed second to last with arguably at the time, which was my, my best physique, and realized very quickly the, the sympathy that needs to go along with not having that, that big attachment to that placing, right? And I experienced that a few different times competing as a pro. And that's what kind of led me to very much my, co my coaching philosophy now, which kind of reinforces what we talked about at the beginning of the, the podcast here, is that you, you need to fall in love with the process of getting to where it is that you're going to be, you're going to end up executing the plan better. You're going to get in better shape, actually, than if you just kind of drudge your way through it. And then, before you even get on the bodybuilding stage, you're already a winner. And then you just yeah. have to leave the placing up to those there in front of you to, you know, put the, put the people in order that they, their opinion is what, you know, it, it needs to be in order to have the placing for the for the competition yeah it, it's, it's definitely a difficult one for me to kind of lay out in terms of in my mind because it's, it's competitive bodybuilding and i come from a competitive background um mm -hmm. and that's kind of why i got into bodybuilding because I, I i live in ireland so basketball obviously not very big in ireland but on a, on a relative scale i did quite well um at a younger age up on, all the way up until my early 20s i was playing highest level competitive basketball and i remember the feeling of going out and knowing that our team was like the best in the country pretty much and that mm -hmm. you know some of these games would be neck neck on neck but i you know had this feeling of excitement before like almost like a christmas christmas eve as a kid and you know that you know you can go out and give it all give it everything and you can like you know impose your will essentially onto the other team and you get this amazing feeling when you win and i remember uh, we we when I was eighteen, I think I lost the game. That was a final uh, for the national final, and we 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 should have won, but we just got complacent. And how bad I felt because I lost, and and just felt really low. Didn't want to talk to anybody. Like I think I might have probably been in tears even. And I know your son plays American football, right? So it's very similar, mm -hmm. you know, neck on neck, uh, like a boxing match. You know, it's someone d definite win, definite loss, and you can come back stronger and better. But bodybuilding you get similar feeling before you get on stage at least i do but you can't have that kind of same expectations where you know when people say you often hear this cliche thing well if if, if losing doesn't hurt well then you won't taste the sweetness of winning or something like that but, but mm -hmm. you can't have that because you could do every single thing you could cross all the the x's or cross the t's and dot the i's you could unturn every single stone and be absolutely perfect for your whole life but somebody could just rock up and have better genetics than you and, and just mm -hmm. beat you every single time. And you could, that you could, I mean, 10 other people could beat you every single time. Yeah. And you know, if you had that mindset, you're, you're pretty much setting yourself up for a life of misery and, and feeling like you're an absolute failure. So it's, it's definitely hard with the balance because at the same time, it's not like everybody come out and just everybody comes first because it's a participation show. It's, it's bodybuilding, competitive bodybuilding. Yeah. Yeah. I did. You, you, you kind of put the, the, you definitely dotted the I there, Adam, you know. <laughs> so and, how and do you balance that? that? You go ahead. How, how would you balance? So how do you personally balance that and teach people to balance that? For me, it's it, initially it was a hard shift to try and maybe realize that, you know, you know, if I don't place that well, like, for example, last July when I went to compete, I was, you know, one of the one of the things that i was looking forward to the most was actually just competing against eric for example in the same mm -hmm. class and that was like the, the win for me almost because i didn't want to of course you want to win but at the same time you want to balance it so you don't feel like oh well this is a you know i don't want to this to, to upset the rest of my time in california because mm -hmm. i didn't win you know in the same way that and that's the kind of mindset i would have when i was playing basketball or team sports and you also you almost need that kind of 
um you know gunning mentality mentality where you know you'll win at all costs kind of like we said michael jordan you know you had that win at all costs mentality anything to win but if you know put michael jordan in bodybuilding if he didn't have the genetics to win he's going to get beaten by the guy who's got better genetics every single time yeah yeah and i think it's what's important is just the reality of that just you know like like the the when i was a kid there was a, a toy that we used to play with that um was called gi joe and they had a cartoon that went along with it that you could watch. And at the end of every G.I. Joe, you know, cartoon, they always said knowing is half the battle. <laughs> and that's what you have to, you have to know. You have to know that, you know what, the, the, the likelihood that you're not going to get the placing that you're after um, is pretty good. You know, it's, it's at least, you know, more than a 50-50, right? And so you have to know that. But at the same time, you know, the way that I looked at it, um, especially for my first competition, which I, which I didn't really, you know, I, at the time I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Um, you can use that to drive that kind of competitive desire to, to drive to push yourself harder because, okay, yeah, there's no guarantee that I'm going to win. You know, there's no guarantee that, you know, Jeff Alberts is going to show up to my show and absolutely kick my butt, right? Um, but at the same time, you can use that, that unknown to drive yourself harder to be better, right? I have to be, you know, as lean as I can possibly be. I have to, you know, nail all of my training sessions to hold on to every gram of muscle that I possibly can in order to, to you know, have the, the muscle that I need on the bodybuilding stage. I need to practice my posing so that when I'm up there, I just look like a pro. I look like I've done this a hundred times and I know exactly what it is that I'm doing and I'm smiling and I, you know, you, nobody else could, could, could possibly have, have put more work into their posing than I did, right? You have to do everything that you have to do as if you're going to win, as if you're expecting Jeff Alberts to show up, you know. But at the same time, know the realization is, is that there's no guarantee that you're going to, you, that you're going to win. There's no guarantee. There's really no even guarantee that you're going to have a fair placing. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, because it is such a subjective sport. But at the same time, you can kind of use that unknown to drive yourself harder, to work harder, to be more perfect about dotting your I's and crossing your T's. So that you can be the absolute best version of yourself and then of course if you get your placing that's kind of the icing on top of the cake or you know the cherry on top but if you don't you still know that you did everything in your power and you can live peacefully with knowing well on this particular day the seven opinions of the competition didn't think that i was the best yeah now that makes a lot of sense i think it comes with experience and also just maturity as, mm -hmm. as oh, someone sure. ages, as someone ages as well. So w when someone first begins or someone's doing their first prep, would you set that up differently or try to get a different outcome than someone who's, say, more experienced in terms of the number of seasons they've done? So I know, you know, you want to be the biggest and most shredded on stage, but given all the things that we talked about and some of the things that people don't think about that comes as a side effect of getting so lean would you push or would you advise competitors to to push that far knowing that they haven't actually done something that's so mentally difficult and um, it's, it's almost like saying well you've never done an ultra marathon before you've got the fitness level so go go ahead and do it but you don't really understand the, the mental the turmoil that comes along with it so would you set it up the same way or try to get the same outcome uh, for a new competitor versus a, a seasoned competitor? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and just like a lot of our answers for a lot of different questions, it, it, it really depends, right? It, it depends on the, the person. Um, and that's why, Adam, I, I really like to, to meet with my, my clients, my athletes, right off the bat. You know, um, once they've, they've made up their mind, they, they, they're gonna, they're gonna do a competition. They're gonna, they're gonna go with us as coaches, you know, and we get all of that kind of preliminary stuff out of the way. I want to meet with that person, you know, just like you and I are here. 
Um, you know, the, all those, the, the outlets that are out there, there's, there's tons of ways to make that very easy. Um, and just to kind of get a feel for that person, you know, where is their mindset? Because sometimes the, the, the writing and the application that they put in there is, is misleading. You know what I mean? Sometimes they, they tell us what they think that we want to hear. And when you actually meet with that person, you kind of find out more about how it is that they tick. And so, you know, how does it vary from person to person? Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's just a matter of, of kind of judging a book by its cover. You know, some people, they come to you and they have this, this, this goal of, of winning their pro card or, or whatever. And the, the, we, we can kind of tell the physique is not at that level for what the goal is that they want. And so you have to kind of break it to them kind of gingerly, you know what I mean? Um, and if they have still have that desire to, to compete, you know, yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to get them in as good a shape as, as we possibly can, but we have to just kind of all through the coaching, going back and forth, you know, like you kind of know about every single week, kind of preparing that person. This is the way we're going to go, and, and we're probably not going to be able to push you to that conditioning level, you know, that it is that, that you're after. We're going to have to kind of know that this is your first competition. We're just going to kind of settle for what it is that we know you can mentally and physically do. Um, and just know that we're going to get up there as the, the all-time best that you've ever been, but we may not be where it is that you want to be yet. doesn't mean we're not going to get there, but, you know, sometimes the, 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 the goals that are out there, they take, you know, decades of work to get to, you know, and we're not going to get that in the, the very first, you know, six, eight, ten month prep, right? And so... Yeah, there's, there's those kind of folks. There's the folks that are genetically gifted. You know, they kind of like, you know, I used to tell some people, well, shoot, they walked into the gym with abs, you know. Um, so those are the kind of people that we kind of figure out, okay, well, you know what? You've got the physique. You've got the genetics. You've put in the, the, the 5, 10, 15 years of work already. Um, you know, we can but they're probably... Only, but they're only 20 years old. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. And, and we can say, okay, this is... We can push for that, you know, but does that mentally mean that they, they can do that? You know, kind of, kind of like you found out, you know, you're, you're, you're probably your, your first time you, you met somebody that was just genetically, you know, better than you. You can push as hard as you possibly can and still lose. There's those people that are almost guaranteed to win, but they can't push themselves to get to that level. You know what I mean? Cause sometimes people just, They've got the genetics, but they, they don't have the mentality, and not even necessarily the work ethic, Adam. It's just the suffering that they have to go yeah. to in order to get to that level. And those yeah. are all things that it all depends. And we all kind of find that out as we're walking that path together, doing that prep, you know, that we have to kind of evaluate and, and sometimes alter the course a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I think when people ask me kind of how it feels to, to be digging or to be towards the end of a prep and i kind of explained that have you when i explained to this to them would be like have you ever gone shopping at christmas time where you're getting all the christmas presents and you're carrying around a lot of presents or or, or just items all day and you're walking like twenty thousand steps and you get home and you just want to like plop on the couch i was like yeah you feel like that when you wake up in the morning <laughs> <That's> the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and then you got to train and get in your steps as well but I think, yeah. like you said, regardless of the muscle bellies or the musculature that people have, uh, you, so often they won't feel like when they're feeling like that, it's not worth it anymore. Or it's, mm -hmm. I don't have this this greater motive to, to keep digging. You know, I'm just doing this to get on stage because I've got most, you know, good good looking muscles, and someone told me that I should do this. It's not worth it for me. And and like you said, yeah, for for my very first prep, I probably did push through mentally. Um, but it probably wasn't the right thing to do. I probably should have stopped short, or at least the, the coach I was recommending at the time probably should have saw that in me. Um, mm -hmm. That that I I shouldn't have been pushed that far because at at that stage I almost got burnt out because I was like, whoa, this bodybuilding thing. Even my mother at the time was like telling me afterwards, like, yeah, don't do that again, you know, because because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's almost like what well that's the normal. That's what happens in you bodybuilding. It's like it's not this is not worth it at all, you know. Um, 
but yeah it, but but brad it's, it's been great to chat to you um, i know we didn't talk about like the the nuances of setting up a, a, a diet or anything like that or cardio because i i suppose i've kind of talked about those multiple times with other people and it's been really good to chat to you about some of these things that people don't think about mm-hmm. when they're actually prepping uh, actually in fact most people don't they just ask about you know what macros should i have or how, what training mm-hmm. or cardio without thinking about you know what actually goes into this how difficult this can actually get but how much reward it can actually be and especially the thing about placing as well i know that i've seen multiple multiple younger mainly younger bodybuilders posting you know oh i came second this isn't the this isn't the position that i trained for or whatever mm-hmm. um and it kind of breaks my heart a little bit for a few minutes anyway that uh they that they feel like they've wasted all their time or they feel like it's not yeah. been worth all this because because they didn't get the placing because i've been there where i've actually done really well and i've been there where i've come last and uh and it, to be honest it, it doesn't it doesn't really make that much difference the day after or the week after it's mm-hmm. it's all the same um but brad it's been great to chat to you so where can people find more about your work um well obviously a 3d muscle journey.com www.3dmusclejourney.com we have, that's kind of our our hub you know, as far as everything that we produce, whether it's podcasts, it's blogs, it's, you know, our, our free courses, our paid courses, um, you know, always everything is kind of centralized there. Um, a lot of our products that we, we produce as far as the information, both free and paid, is at 3dmjvault.com. So vault, like bank vault, V-A-U-L-T, 3dmjvault.com, that we have a ton of, of content there. And, and really, to be honest with you, um, I, I kind of like to direct people more there than, than anywhere, you know what I mean? Because it, it, that's, that's the culmination of a whole team um, and, and their information, you know, that they put out there. But as far as me, myself, um, you know, in my little world, uh, I'm on social media, you know, just like most people. Uh, and, and most of the time, it's 3DMJ Coach, you know, just like 3D Muscle Journey and then Coach, CO. A-C-H. And that's pretty much my, my username, whether it be Instagram, whether it be Twitter, you know, whether it be what have you, that's where you're going to kind of find me as 3DMJ coach. If, if you are indeed wanting to know more about (laughs) Brad Loomis. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's been great to chat to you, Brad. And, uh, and take care on the front line and thanks for all the work that you're doing and um, all the information that you're publishing in the natural bodybuilding scene. And I hopefully chat to you soon again. Yeah. Thank you for having me on Adam. I greatly appreciate it. I'm honored. So I hope you enjoyed this episode with Brad Loomis. If you want to find more out about Brad and his work, you can find all the links in the show notes. And if you want to find out more about myself and my coaching services as well, you can go to my website. It's all in the show notes and you can find out more about that there. I hope you enjoyed this. I really, really did enjoy talking to Brad here. I know I say that every time I talk to somebody, but at the end of the day, it's my podcast and I invite people on who I think I enjoy talking to. But I really think this is one of the most valuable podcasts for people who want to get into bodybuilding and want to start. It's something that I wish I would have had before I began and I want to put this out there for people who are starting to think about doing a show or have done one or two shows but didn't really you know didn't really get what they expected or it was a lot tougher than what they expected mentally. So if if you know anybody that you think would benefit from this please do share this podcast with them. My goal is to kind of spread the, the word of natural bodybuilding and in the word of the natural bodybuilders I will leave you here and I will chat to you in another episode.